my own house, uh, which I built. Um, and uh, that was a really good thing. Um, and uh, it's a maybe nicer than average house and maybe a nicer than average neighbourhood. And I was sitting there on my maybe nicer than average couch going, this is nicer than average. <laughs> but I was like thinking like, you know, to, to, to the every man, to the man on the street, this might look like success or whatever that even means. And I was pondering on that because it's funny. Um, you can do these things and they can be strangely hollow at the same time. You know, you can, you can have some amazing thing and you, when you finally get that thing that you've been looking for for so long and you've been working for it and believing for it, when it finally happens, you go, I thought it would have been different to this. It's not exactly what I want. You know, Jesus talks about this in the, in the parable of seeds. This is not uh, soil, sorry. It's not my message, but he talks about the use of the term the deceitfulness of riches, which can uh, choke the real seed, the real life. Come on, you can choke it out. So here I was sitting on my nice and average couch thinking about the concept of success, you know, what that really means. And what does it mean to be successful in a godly sense, not just in a materialistic sense, not in a way that the world might go, you guys a successful guy. But what does it really mean to have success in every part of your life? Okay? So I was, I was having this, this conversation with, with a friend of mine uh, recently. We talked about all manner of things. And um, uh, we had this sort of banter about what I thought success was and what he thought it was and the likes. Anyway, so through the course of the conversation, I sort of realised that maybe this was my version, my version of success. And, um, and uh, I'll get to his response in a second, but you know, I've, I guess, had a long history of the pursuit of things that might be called successful and read many, many, many books and listened to many, many authors and people on the principles of success and what you need to do and you need to do this and you need to do that. And it all boils down to something a bit like this. The human formula for success. What do you need to do? Well, first of all, you've got to decide what you want. You've got to decide. You've got to goal. You've got to have something that you really want. Okay, that's the first thing. Unless you, if you don't know what you want, you know, if you don't know where you want to go, anywhere I'll get you there, right? So um, you've got to know what you want. And then the next thing is you've got to work out what the cost is of getting it. Similarly, you've got to work out what the cost is of not getting it. What's it going to mean for you to have or not have this thing, whatever it might be. And then the important one. Be willing to pay the price. This is where you mostly fall over. This is what separates things from dream and fantasy and something becoming reality in your life is everything has a cost. And are you willing to pay that cost? Are you really willing to? Because things don't come easily or free. They have a price. And then, fourthly, be willing to pay that price every day to the very finish line. John Maxwell says it like this. He says... All success is uphill all the way to the very end. It's ineffable. And I was sitting there on my nice average couch thinking about this, and that process had started probably five years earlier when I'd started down a road. So I'm going to build my own house at some point in the future, and here's what I'm going to do to get there. So that was the human formula for success that, you know, people might go, well, that's great. And I was having this chat with this, this friend of mine, and he says, yeah, Matt, I really can't fault you on that. That sounds really good. Except, 
He got me. I had this brilliant human wisdom, which was amazing, and to do it from many, many intelligent, successful authors. This is the stuff they say. So it's not wrong, but it's the human formula. In the human formula, it all depends on me. That's it. It's all, it's all about what you can do, what you can get, how much you can achieve, and the number one thing is you. And in this, in this thinking, um, investors tell us this, you know, venture capitalists tell us this, the most important thing, the most valuable thing in the human form of success is time. It's all about how you can redeem your time, how you can make enough money so that you don't have to work so you get your time back, or how much time it's going to take to get this particular return on an investment, or whatever it might be. Because Everything else is almost unlimited, but time for you and I is finite on this earth. Once, once, once we're dead, to the human understanding, it's all over. That's it. And um, so they all tell me that time's the most important thing. That's the one I need to manage the best and the one that I need to think about the most. And I guess when I thought about the symbolism for this, I, the only thing I could think about was, you know, a water bottle. How much do I accumulate? It's a container. It's a container for success. And it has a couple of features about it though. It's, it's, it can only, what can come out of it is only what can go into it. It's limited in how much it can carry, how successful you can be is depending on how big you are as a person, those sort of things. That's the image that comes to my mind when we think about the human formula for success. And this could be in, you know, it could be just in money, it could be in our fitness goals, our health goals, or um, in our relationship goals, or whatever it is. This is, this is I guess, the, the human understanding we have. So, as I said, what my mate says to me, yeah, that, that's uh, it's great. Where's the on this? So he sent me right back to the drawing board. Right back. I had to think about this. And uh, I was thinking about what the Word of God says about this. It's, it's in Isaiah 55, 8, 9. It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I was thinking, oh, <laughs> so God's got a much, much, much bigger and much, much more powerful and significant way to, to deal with the challenges we have in life, to, to bring us forward to the areas in which we want to see something accomplished in our life, whether it be uh, in in our family, family and in marriage and children, in, in uh, the, the, the job that we have, the house that we live in, uh, in, our, in our health, in, uh, in our well-being, in our mental health, in our mind, God has bigger and better ways to deal with us. So I had to, had to go back to the drawing board and set aside my human thinking and meditate on this. So, God's way. What is God's way? And it's funny, this is almost like, very much in line with what Pastor Peter was saying earlier, so maybe he's in the spirit today. <laughs> <laughs> so if we make room for God, if we make room for God in, in our pursuit of success, our pursuit of whatever it is, starting with admitting that I don't really know what I want or need. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't know what I want to need. I think I do, but I don't. And that contrasts a lot with the human way of thinking, which is Thinking is higher than your thinking, which means you don't know, but God knows. 
God knows what you need. God knows what you need. And then the next thing we need to then acknowledge that whatever we need, Jesus, He has paid the price for me. He has paid the price for you. Every single challenge we face, Jesus has already paid the price at the cross. He did that in two ways. One, with His death, He reconciled us with God. So the ultimate source of supply, we connected to. And then, in His body that was broken, He paid the price for all our physical needs. Every physical need we have. He was crushed so that we could be healthy and strong. He was stripped of all of his physical possessions so that we could receive all the possessions that we need. He gave up everything so we could receive everything. That was the exchange. He paid the price. And then, the, and then it's the same thing in the human condition, the human way of thinking, in the spiritual way of thinking, it's the same. Am I willing to receive him and his pain And then, am I willing to do that every day and in every situation? See, we, we do this Christian thing sometimes. We sort of put it a low little priority in our lives and we go, yeah, yeah I did that. I think once. I received him once. I'm fine, great bread, great. Now, now what am I going to do? Similarly, in terms of service, 
If we've got no energy, we've got no, no sort of headspace, no time to be able to serve God, well, then, then, we're, then we're, we're, we're stuck with a problem. But if we're willing to make room to serve God's there, willing to supply the energy, the, the, the capacity that we need. You know, when, when we, well, I've said it many times before, when we have uh, creative practice, we have practice here in the morning before the service. And as, as good as the blessing is for you when you come to worship God, you're missing out. Oh, sorry. You're missing out because the best worship happens in our practice. Yeah. It totally does. And we get blessed twice because we get to do it then and we get to do it again now. And I'm going, y'all should be on the credit team. <laughs> if you really want to experience you know, time with God, worship with God, that's when it happens and we get to do that because we're willing to serve. You know, that's not too divine, but this is the saying that, you know, I, I get really, really blessed by my man of a channel of God's blessing. It's, it's so, you know, I, I don't find that doing that takes from me. I find doing that blesses me. You know? And that's the thinking. We need to always remember so much in, I guess, in, in you still hear a lot of stories about people in ministry burning it up. And, and, and like just quizzing after a period of time because they get empty and they can't serve anymore because they Break, and you go, well, maybe that person's got a pop thing in rather than a fire, I was thinking. They're thinking, well, it's, it's they have to give, and therefore there's nothing left after they've given what was in that pot. Instead of, as a fire hose, and there's a lot more coming from behind. There's a lot more coming right to internal on it. Unlimited, unlimited supply. So when I started searching on this in, in the Bible, it was, it was really, I'm going to read a chunk of, of scripture here. There's several passages like this, we're going to read one. But um, this is from Genesis chapter 39, and this is, is the story of Joseph. And let me paint a picture here. Joseph, he's been sold into slavery, he is at a slave market in Egypt. And slaves in those days were naked, but naked. He is there in a slave market, naked. He's got nothing. He's the lowest run of society. And it says here, the Lord was with Joseph. So that he prospered. The, the, the New King James says, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. I'm like, the, the dude's naked. He's a slave with a chain around his He's a successful man. That's what the Bible says about him. And it says, and he goes on, he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw the Lord was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything that he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except for the food that he ate. It was just, this dude is like, take care of everything I have. I'm so blessed because of him. And notice, notice this, the, the fire concept here. People around him are being blessed because the Lord's with Joseph. It says, but while Joseph, <laughs> and, um, Okay, so then, then, then a series of events happen. Joseph gets wrongly accused of, of uh, attacking the woman, and he gets put into prison. And he goes, um, well, that's so much for favor of the Lord. But didn't, now, notice, 
this said the law was with him, right? So, while Joseph was there in prison, the law was with him. Yeah. And showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he made him responsible for all that was done there. And the warden gave no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not from Joseph. Joseph's not like able to orchestrate this. He's not making this happen. God is. God is. Okay? And it's very, very, very important that we see here that the key factor here is God and Joseph's willingness to receive from God. And you know, God is from you. It's from you. I have uh, examples of this in my own life where um, I've, I've had customer relationships spring up out of nothing where I thought this customer was never, ever, ever, ever going to deal with us. And if they did, they were going to be the most painful customer. No. I've seen it where God's just blessed, blessed, and crazy. I've, I've had, had meetings with high ranking government officials where, you know, God's gone before me and created a reputation with these people. And when I'm talking to them, and they're, they're praising me to my own boss. In these meetings, I'm going, that is insane. That is insane. I'm like, these people who manage billions of dollars. And I'm like, um, this guy's praising me to my own boss. What is that about? It's exactly the same thing as he. Exactly the same. It's not me. That's God. That's God giving success if we're willing to allow him to flow through us. And that's, that's in a career sense, in a work sense, but it has, has many different applications in life. <laughs> so, the important thing for us to, to pull up from that is, Deuteronomy is the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you, he will never leave you nor forsake you, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Okay? And then again in the New Testament, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end. See, God's there. As our supply, Jesus is with us. Are we willing to receive from Him? And are we willing to, to, to be a channel for that blessing? See, our receiving is limited by our willingness to then give, to a willingness to, 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 to be a channel. Okay, if what we want it to be is a water bottle, well, there's only so much that can receive because it's not, it's not pouring anything out. It's just like, that's it, you had your bit, you know. But if we're going to walk out of God, you know, you're limited. I'm willing to serve, I'm willing to, to give, I'm willing to, to, to participate in whatever you're doing with me. Because, you know, we look at ourselves and we look at the fires, ain't nothing unless it's plugged into the hydrant. <laughs> it's got nothing. It can't supply anything except that it's plugged into a hydrant, in which case it has everything. Yeah. And that's the contrast, contrast for us. Of ourselves, we have nothing. But with yeah. him, we have everything. So, how, how, how does this work?
because as a general person, we get in Zuma. You'll be blessed because you're blessing someone else. It, it could be something as simple as encouragement. You know, you, you encourage someone. And, and so I, 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 I challenge you to encourage someone and feel bad about yourself straight after encouragement. It's never happened in history forever. You encourage someone, you go, oh, feel good about that. Right? They feel good and you feel good. You know, you, you, you bless someone, um, there could even be something like forgiveness. You know, you give and forgiveness. Jesus says, you know, if you forgive, I forgive as you as you do. So we receive that supply of forgiveness in your lives as we're forgiving others. It works in that way as well. So there's no, no, no limit to that in our lives if we go, God, you're, you're the supply. You're behind on this lives. Another example of this is Jesus is his disciples are having an argument over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And then Jesus says, do this, hang on. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. What? What do you mean by the servant of everyone? I serve everyone? Really? Really? And I battled with that a lot. That doesn't sound like much fun. <laughs> the, the verse before it says, you know, you know how it is in the world. Those who want to be in charge, they bless the Lord over others, they like to treat themselves with pomp and ceremony. Not very important here. But anyone who wants to be first in the kingdom must lower themselves and be the servant of the Lord. And so, um, funnily enough, funnily enough, in, in the investment community in this, in this world, they're cottoning onto this. They're cottoning onto this, and, they, and, and the success of a business is based on. How many people you can serve? How well you can serve another? And I've learned this when, when someone gives me a phone call, I say, How can I help you? What can I do for you? Because they're coming here for me, for me to be a servant to them, be of assistance to them. And the more I serve others, the more blessed I am. And it says, You come first by serving more people. And I've proven that to be true. The more people that I'm able to serve, um, the more I, I rise in, in, in success and leadership. So it's, it's, it's quite a contrast. Quite a contrast. We don't think of things that way. But that's the godly model. That's the, that's the godly model. So we don't need to be worried about the limitations of what we have. Because God's going to be your supply in every situation. And, and whether it's even with things like, like, like health, um, you know, Say, well, God, you're going to supply all of my needs, my health needs. You're going to supply my relationship. If you want to have a conflict in your family or a relationship breakdown, God is going to supply in that area because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And so in that situation, be claiming that, that God, you're with me here. You're with me in this situation. I don't have to be afraid because you're with me. Well, then it's the great Jesus in this point. He says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, I don't give as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. That's what God says to you. He says that's your situation. My peace I leave with you. It's not a temporary, ephemeral thing. It sticks around. It's always, I'm supplying it to you. I'm continually supplying my peace to you in your situation. Yeah. Um, this is especially from the 
last sermon I preached, I left it on the end because it was so good, I couldn't leave it out. Romans 8.32 says, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, for whatever you're facing, know that God's already given up Jesus for you. It's, it's like everything else you need is a rounding error compared to that. It literally is. It's like, I've just given you know, the most valuable thing in the universe. We don't have to put a number on it. It's not like Jesus was. He's the, the king of the Almighty. <laughs> Anything else we need is infinitesimal compared to Jesus' death on the cross for us. So if you need um, freedom in your health, in your body, freedom in your mind, freedom in your relationships, know that God's going to provide that to you because he has already given Jesus for you. So anything else, this is like, yeah, that's all. It's an all-inclusive package deal. Yeah. It's all included. Yeah. You know, you go to yeah, a holiday resort sometimes, and, and all the food's included. And everything's just like it's all. The price is already paid. And everything's included. Can I have this drink? Yeah, it's included. <laughs> Can I have this lobster? Also included. <laughs> that's what God's given us. Freely give us all things. So I'm gonna wind it up here. I'll wrap it up, I should wind it up, wrap it up. So if we can get the uh, credit team to come back and um, and let's let's be, be real, let's be honest about life. I've been talking about success, but we don't often we're not living always on our mountaintops. Not like oh, the greatest top of our life, sometimes we're in the deepest valleys, sometimes we're in the hardest times, and we go, God, how is that success? And that's where Joseph was. He started there. Naked, in chains. That was his situation. And God said, yes, he is a successful person because I'm with him. So think about where you're at right now and what you need in your life. And if, if, you, if you've got your own to go, oh, that ain't success. That's like the worst kind of failure ever. If that's how you feel about whatever it is in your life, you feel like absolute failure or you feel like you've blown it in some catastrophic way. Know that God wants to be with you. And all we need to do is let go and receive from Him. Say, God, I'm going to surrender my best thinking on the issue. You know, I showed you my best thinking on success. It's garbage compared to God's best thinking. If your best thinking has got you to where you are right now and you don't like where you are, Know that God's got a higher and better way for you. Sure does. Sure does. So I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Peter. If you would like prayer for your situation, for your, whether you want to come and receive Jesus and go, yep, I want to play into that vibe for my life. Or if I've got a particular challenge in my health or in my family uh, or in anything in your life, you want prayer for Come down. Because we've got an unlimited supply. God is an unlimited supply for your situation. And he wants to promote you and lift you out of that pit, that area of bondage that you might be in, and bring you into a land following your honey. That's what his word says. He's got good things for you. It's an all-inclusive package deal. That's the truth. Thanks for that. That is awesome. Yeah, I just uh, had this sense as we were praying before the meeting that God is wanting us to come to a new level. And uh, we're going to begin to sing this song uh, right now. It's, it's your breath in, in my lungs. It's God, it's all about you. But if, if 
there's something in your heart about coming to a new level, you, you want to break out of 